Hello everyone, this is Corbin Johnson saying welcome to another episode of The Long Journey Home. Now, the name is apt, right? Long Journey Home. I record more episodes on my way home than I do to work. So, in a way that this is the antithesis of Mark Rosewater's drive to work, it's my drive from work. Whatever. I just recorded a small episode, so I have time to record another small episode. So, I had a chance to play some money on Friday, and it's interesting. Uh, I feel like when I get to play the game, it's an event. It's weird, right? It's a game, right? And it's a game that's supposed to be kind of disposable, if you will. It's, uh, it's, you... It's a game that takes an hour, right? Even though it takes an hour, um, you know, some games take longer than an hour. Um, But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that on the face of it, it, Star Trek should be a game that each game is just, you know, it's just another game, right? But it isn't. It, magic is, right? At least I feel like it is. Magic is more, when you play magic, it's best of three. But man, in Star Trek, one game... Now, admittedly, one game takes about three games of magic, but in terms of length, but one game is just so dense, and it's, it's almost... Uh, it is an event. It, it, it is... So, there's so much nuance to it. Maybe this is just for first edition. Um, I guess in second edition, I feel like the game is more, the outcome of the game is more predictable. You brought a certain deck with a certain dilemma pile. That tends to defeat other certain decks more often. But in first edition, I feel like the game, each game, you know, if you repeat the same game multiple times, the outcome is not guaranteed. Certainly the seed phase is the most important, or at least used to be the most important part of first edition. Because Missions could be stolen. You could outseed your opponent and get a certain dilemma before your opponent. But the shift has focused away from that. It's now focused more towards gameplay. Very much more like second edition, which is okay. I'm, I'm really okay with this. It makes... It, it's still... It's still an event when you play a first edition game. So I played two games on Friday much to the chagrin of my fiance, who was, this was, it was actually Saturday, uh, she had to work the next day, I didn't wake her up when I got home though, so that's okay, anyway, um, it was so worth it though, <laughs> I, I got to play the Nationals deck I brought up, uh, a few podcasts ago, that I think Nathan Miracle made, about, um, Bajoran Federation working together, Bajoran Resistance plus Federation. And that game, I'm just trying to remember if, it, if I won that game. Um, my opponent was playing, actually, yeah, I did end up winning that game. He was playing a modified version of that deck as well. My deck was much less modified than his. He had taken the next step and basically taken the Bajorans out, but kept in the Office of the President and all that other stuff. And this was, uh, as Charlie alluded to, I think, during regional season last year, this was that conglomeration of federation cards that you can only do if you don't play with continuing mission or reshape the quadrant 
And I, I blew off that deck. I said, no, that's not, that's not viable at all. But the deck is really good. Uh, and it's, it's exciting to me that it is. Now, I think you could maybe take, you could take out the TOS part of it or maybe keep in Sherman's Peak and do a Deep Space Nine thing with the Deep Space Nine feds, with the Treaty, with the Bajorans, and still probably do okay. I haven't tried it, but it's kind of an interesting deck idea. But, you know, regardless of that, you can... And that would be very Deep Space Nine themed, right? Because you would go back in time and you play certain guys with a crew reassignment and then some guys would play the Office of the President. You could throw a Deep Space Nine in there maybe if you wanted to do a uh, Cisco's office sort of thing, you know, um, here by invitation. If you really wanted to, well, you couldn't, right, if you used the Resistance guys. But you could, you could come together and try to make something like that. I don't know how viable it would be, but it might be interesting. Anyway, um, and... What was interesting about it was that it was three of our missions overlapped, uh, but not only that, but all of our time locations overlapped as well. And that was such a pain in the ass. Oh my God. Um, we, here's a problem. <laughs> One problem I have was that we looked up in the glossary time location and there is no indication that they're non-duplicatable. Not, du- not duplicable. Duplicatable. Du- duplicatable. Not, you get it. Okay. Um, maybe it's in the rule booklet, but we couldn't find it anywhere in the glossary. Uh, I could be mistaken. I should probably go talk to John about this, though. Apparently, they're not, not, they are not, duplica- not duplicatable, which is fine. Um, but that means that if my opponent seeds first, then I've got to, you know, work at his time location. And then if they, then, then he seeded Cetacean Institute before me, so I couldn't download my whales, which means that all that junk got clogged up in my deck, which really sucked. So, kids, uh, if you're playing first edition and you're playing with time locations, seed them first. Seed them right after the mission phase, or right after the dilemma phase. Uh, do it. It's good for your health. Um, and I don't know if maybe you can seed them in the mission phase. Mm, maybe, maybe not in OTF. Um, it's worth looking into, at least, because if your opponent's seeding those time locations, it's going to be a bad time. So... Anyway, uh, regardless, I was able to play the Whales later and score a cool 15 points, but uh, a lot of things came up. You know, we're, uh, I learned something new every game, right? And uh, the big question that came up was, well, I don't want my Whales to get blown up, and uh, so is it Stratagema, or do we do Defend Homeworld? And Defend Homeworld, if I leave the Whales at, at my Homeworld, at Earth and you beat up on them, yes, defend homeworld triggers. That's good. If you don't have enough security in the deck, though, and people you can download, it's not necessarily worth it. Uh, so, Stratagema. Well, you need to have a matching personnel of the homeworld there to initiate the battle, or to not have the battle be initiated. So that's fine. I gotta leave a guy there. But maybe you don't want to leave a guy there. So what are your other options? Well, I think the whales work at a time location other than the Cetacean Institute. Maybe. If they don't, then that sucks. But um, the 22nd century time location, I believe, does count as Earth. Maybe. If it does, that's a good place to hide your whales. If not, because you can't battle there. You can't battle, like, non-22nd century guys there. Which is a great, like, idea, right? It, made, it was like, oh, well, 
here's a reason to use this card if it's not in a Starfleet deck. Now I could be talking on my ass. This is probably a good question for rules. Um, but that was interesting, you know, to kind of think about, well, what should I be doing? Where should these whales go? So there you go. A little something to think about. If you know the answer to these things, please call me at 267-CALL-CPJ or leave me a PM at Corbin Johnson or Corbin Q27 on the message boards. All right. But anyway, so, yeah, it's um, what else came up in this game? Um, the Joran Resistance Cell is still ridiculously good. And I noticed on the forums the other day, someone was saying that the Jordan Resistance Cell is only good and not broken. Um, if that's the case, then it's the top of the curve. If you make a card any better than it, you're doing something wrong. And uh, if you make a card less than that, well, then people start to wonder why you aren't, why you aren't playing with Bajoran Resistance Cell. So I'm, I'm really excited that Deep Space Nine, the Emissary set, took, took the, the attempt at trying to knock some wind out of Bajoran Resistance Cell um, so that you when you play Bajorans, you can't play with that card, which is good. And, and I think that the best part of that is that it means that those cards aren't necessarily too good. But the bad part is, is that those decks may not hold up on their own against Bajoran Resistance Cell. And I guess only time will tell. I know I haven't built a Here by Invitation or a Bajor for Bajorans deck yet, but maybe there's something to be said for those decks. Um, so yeah, um, Bajoran Resistance Cell is really good. Um, especially if you can get it going early. They're just free draws and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, what else? So, if I'm playing with VCM and you have a Fed in your deck, uh, let, me, let me rephrase this. So, VCM's in the deck and I, I'm happy it's back, really. It was my favorite card when I started the game and I, I'm having fun playing with it again. Uh, even if it has the built-in, it's only a game. Now, uh, here's a couple of interesting tidbits. One, the doubling from Reginald Barkley is not forbidden um, on multiple probes. So there's still a reason to play with it's only a game, which is unfortunate, right? Um, so I guess the things that can be doubled are less good. Draws are only so good. Playing cards to Earth is only so good. Uh, discarding two cards is, you know, fine. That's a good, you know, you shouldn't be playing with non-aligned um, hammer bashing. Uh, and doorways are a lot less prevalent now, actually. I'm kind of getting off topic here, but doorway probing a doorway is a bad thing. It just doesn't happen that much anymore. People used to shove tons of doorways in their deck because Q's tent, because uh, Temporal Vortex, because of the Borg, uh, Borg ship and the Sheliak, and uh, AU door for all the cheese. So what doorways do you stock in your deck now? Um, what do, I don't know if I do. Uh, ready Room Door, I guess. Uh, that's a good doorway still. Um, but that's it, really. So you're almost never going to probe that. At least these days it's not going to happen as much. So you know, it makes VCM better. And maybe that's a, a hope towards trying to make a card that remains as powerful as the old card but less broken. And I always was hoping Errata would go this way. It's not going that way. Probably won't, but at the expense of discounting cards less often with VCM, you now cannot download any card, which is probably a good thing. Um, but you can still double 
anything, anytime, as long as Reg is there. Just as long as someone else does the uh, visiting of the memorial, he still doubles the probe, which is great. So uh, I'm excited to see that Reg has a place now. It used to be with It's Only a Game, if you try to probe, and uh, Reg doubled it, he only gets to double it once per game. So I'm okay with this. some people may not, and if you're not okay with it, play with it's only a game, and I'm okay with that. So, just a little fun tidbit of uh, VCM. So, what I was going to say, though, is if you're playing Fed, but you're not playing with Earth, but you are playing Alpha Quadrant, and I've got the Office of the President out, and I'm playing with VCM, and you want to shut it down, you can just play a guy to the office. And maybe they'll play for free because they're an ambassador or something. Um, but all you have to do is oppose me, and I'm playing Fed, and unless I've got Yolan Tondra in the deck or Overseer or some, some way of capturing your guy, I'm not going to battle you. I mean, I might, um, but it, it's your home world too, so I'd be a little freaked out by that. So please, players, shut down VCM. Uh, do it if you can. If, you, if you're not playing Fed, come over and beam some guys down. Um, because that's one of the things about VCM. It's kind of built in that way as a self-regulation thing that I've got to be unopposed. So oppose me. Do it. Come on. You know, you're a smart one player. That's the thing to do. So there you go. A little piece of learning advice for you. Now, I know my opponent It was opportunistic, and he eventually did shut me down and all that. So it's good. I'm not trying to, you know, knock my opponent or anything. I'm just saying that it's a viable strategy, so consider it during your games. Uh, I've always heard that there are certain players who really do think about all the things you can do in 1E. But the problem with 1E is that it's hard to know what everything is for you to do unless you've read through the glossary, you've played hundreds of games, and you're aware of the rules that are out there. By reading the text on the headquarters on Office of the President, I don't think you realize that you can play to that one. The fact that it's not duplicatable may indicate that. Well, why is it not duplicatable? Are you saying I can't see there? Are you saying I can't? And and what if I can't use yours? Then what's the point? But maybe somewhere in the game text it says any player can report here. And if it does, great. But maybe it doesn't, though. So it's just not intuitive. So these little tidbits are important to keep in mind. Um, And just play more games, read the rules more, and eventually you get to the point... And even, I was talking about the bars and wormhole the other day, I didn't even think about that, right? It's not obvious from the game text, but then you read it through a couple more times, and you realize, oh, well, maybe this is a smart thing to do. Ah, oh, and that's the deck I want to build. Ah, oh, that would be fun. Spend a whole day building a uh, Dominion goes to the Delta Quadrant deck. Oh, what a cool deck. That would be so much fun. Uh, all right, anyway, ha. Huh. So, what else happened in the games? Um, they can get drawn out. Try to... You know, if you're playing OTF, you might as well keep a timer going. Um, keep keep track of the time. And if you lose track of the time, do you really want to keep playing? You know, um, I, I mean, I do. I want to, you know, playing's fun, right? I don't really care. But if you want to know how well the deck's going to do in a tournament, keep track of the time so that when time is called, you realize, oh, well, maybe my deck does need to be short up a little bit or maybe, um, you know, something like that. Or this deck just isn't working and I'll never win. So... Uh, something good to keep in mind. So uh, those tidbits, I think, were actually things we, that came up during that game. And it's, it's very fun to just play a game. And they are events. 
each one game is an event because things can happen in it that have never happened in any game before. Um, and I think that's actually strictly true. Uh, no two games are really ever going to have the same crew attempt a mission. They're not going to have the same away team. I mean, they might. But um, they're not... And I mean, is every mission attempt going to be the same? I mean, you might if you play the same opponent twice. But um, the likelihood of any game unfolding the same way is very random. It's very unlikely. And that's just what's fun about the game. The second game we played, I had an Enterprise E deck. And the... I again was blown up by a V'ger and in, with a devastating communique in front of it. And it's very frustrating. <laughs> um, I think Enterprise E, you kind of just have to play with the Federation flagship card that uh, salvages your ship and your dudes. And if you're not playing with that, play with like Escape Pod or not Escape Pod, but the uh, Emergency Evacuation card from Rules of Acquisition. I think that's a reasonable card to play with because. The ship is so important, and, and that's the same. The same thing goes for Voyager, really, um, because it seeds with Home Away from Home, and it has a bunch of cards on it. I, those cards, I don't know if they stay or go when the ship is destroyed, but regardless, um, it is not happy times when you lose your only ship. So uh, keep that in mind. I guess is all I have to say about that. Just consider playing with a card like that because losing like that is very frustrating um so blowing up ships is okay in 1e just be prepared for it that's i guess all i'm saying all right uh I've rambled enough about having fun playing 1e questions comments or concerns 267 call cpj pm me at corbin corbin q27 on the message boards or corbin johnson at meme.com all right that's enough of this Thank you so much for listening. I am Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. To find out more about that license, visit creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash sa slash 3.0. Our theme music is Space Ace by Mark Teichert. Other songs included are Inspiration and Mission Briefing by Mark Teichert. Our outro song is Teleporter by Dungeon Kimura. You can find out more about these artists at jamendo.com. J-A-M-E-N-D-O.com. And each of those is released under the same or similar Creative Commons licenses as this podcast. <laughs>